0: What's up everybody, Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. And I'm excited you joined us today because we have a very special guest. And her name is Erica Sarit. With over 23 years of experience in design and marketing, Erica has transformed brands in the home industry. She has worked with Airbnb, Estee Lauder, and top home and lifestyle brands in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. As a founder of her own business and a motivational speaker, she has been invited to lead industry discussions and conferences all over the world. We are so privileged and excited to have her on the podcast today. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for Hi.
1: joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm thrilled to be here and talk to you.
0: Awesome. it's uh, It's such a pleasure and delight to meet people in so many different industries and doing what it takes to make business come to life and help other businesses and help other people. I love the subject of marketing and branding. So I it has a little bit of a special place in my heart as well. Right. And so I can't wait to dig in and jam with you. But what I wanted to start with is what I usually start with, which is a bit of backstory. I want to know more about how in the world you went down this rabbit hole to get to this place where you're doing this.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll try to make it as concise as possible. <laughs> um, I, I started, I studied, I went to art school and I thought really? this is the life I want to have. I'm going to be a studio artist. I'm going to be a sculptor. Uh, <laughs> and um, I quickly figured out um, that after I graduated, I moved to New Orleans and and started working um, in a landscape architecture firm and and really saw that instead of kind of struggling with, you know, trying to make it as an artist, I could apply um, my feelings and my kind of skill set to the design world. So I I learned what I needed to learn. I went back to graduate school for interior architecture. And there realized that, um, you know, actually artists, interior designers, designers of all kinds, um, you know, we can apply creativity in many different ways. And in, and in fact, there's a, a kind of a logic to it, which I really liked as well. Did that for actually many years, about 10 years, um, and found all over the world. In fact, I wow. worked in China, I worked in the US, I worked in parts of Europe. And um, while I was in China, I started getting pulled into more marketing roles where I was supporting the marketing team with pitching for new Business, creating presentations, and really trying to sell our firm to sell our skills and our services. And I decided that actually (laughs) this was a world I really enjoyed um, almost as much as design. And so um, I started to put myself into more kind of marketing positions. I eventually went back to school, started to study marketing. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, and transitioned to a career in marketing. But specifically for, I say, the home industry, but I work with manufacturers who make products for the built environment. So anything that is manufactured to be in a home or an office, a commercial space, a hotel, hospitality environment. And I work with the designers um, and architects who who create those spaces. Specifically, that's my background, that's my passion, and that's what I really understand from a strategic point of view. And that's kind of how I came to... The place where I am now. I started my business in 2020. It was a COVID adventure. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like many people did, and um, now it's been, you know, two and a half years, and I've learned a tremendous amount. And I, but I wouldn't trade any of that. I would, I would not go back to working for anyone else except for myself. I love it so much. Um, and the, I'm, I'm here for the adventure. It's a struggle. Every day is different, but I, I enjoy it. So.
0: There's no doubt. I mean, the the whole COVID thing was such a an interesting time for so many business owners to yeah. sort of recalibrate and 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 maybe not even business owners that were were feeling that bug to get into owning a business. And it, it's a bit of a jump, but at the same time, like you said, once you get in, it's so incredibly difficult to even consider going back. Uh, and, <laughs> and so I appreciate that so much. And I know a lot of our listeners will as well. Talk to me a little bit about your experience in making that transition from the corporate world and dealing with that and moving to being in charge and your own boss and, yeah. and having to deal with everything uh, by yourself.
1: I had been in leadership positions before in agency. So I've, I've worked in a variety of different um, types of environments from, you know, in-house marketing for certain different types of companies to agency, being on the agency side. And so I understood, you know, how the what types of teams, you know, what a marketing team looks like and what a marketing team needs, how to again, how to play with (laughs) other um, business shareholders, (laughs) stakeholders, um, uh, you know, operations or, um, you know, finance, how to, sales, how to, you know, get our ideas in front of them and make them relevant and make them, you know, a priority and make them important. So I kind of understood how to manage um, a market, a small marketing team. Uh, I understood how to, you know, get, you know, Get my, get my voice heard um, when I needed it to be in a larger organization. And so I kind of was able to take those skills and, and I started very small and I'm still very small. Um, I'm now one, you know, one of three. Uh, th- I have two partners in my, my company Leader. that I work with. And so, um, but I'm able to, you know, grow <laughs> from those skills and, and leverage them um, in different ways with the, depending on the client.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and in so many instances these days, the size is changing that in terms mm-hmm. of companies and how large you can grow, even though you're keeping your team small. And I love, love that. One of my mentors always said, I'm, I'm working on being lean and mean. Lean and <laughs> I mean love and that. Just, we just got to keep it, keep it small, uh, you know, and and I appreciate that so much because mm-hmm. in today's world, there's so much more we can do than than what was maybe possible even even five years ago, the oh, totally. landscape of being able to work with people is is changed so much, and yeah. the tools and the software that we can use to make these projects come to life is incredible. I
1: well, can I say real quick, yeah. I when I started. Um, when i started this business my intention was to you know leverage the the digital work environment everyone was you know decentralized and that was great you know everyone was going to be working from home anyway the clients were home <laughs> all the people i knew that were either doing freelance or looking you know to to do work were all over the world literally like right. I, you know i at the time was in california i was looking and talking to my partners kind of scattered about the us and then scattered throughout the world. Right now I'm I'm in France, which I kind oh of go gosh. between <laughs> France and the US. But my original intention with this business was that it was going to be, you know, I was going to work with digital partners and never have, you know, an actual physical location because I didn't think I would need one. About a year in, I started to think, okay, this is, you know, the <laughs> management of this is a lot. I'm in California. I'm in Northern California. And, you know, the idea of getting, An office space here and hiring out the talent is definitely here, but the, you know, the overhead and the infrastructure to build out a physical agency is not where I want to invest right now. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, that was a big decision. And so I had to look, too, at like what my growth looked like um, if I didn't invest that way and what it would look like if I was able to pick up, which is what I ended up doing, pick up and take myself wherever I wanted to go and still have that, you know, what needed to shift in my world, in, you know, the clients I was approaching, in, um, you know, the way I was managing, the way I was working, what needed to shift if that was going to be the case, and I've been able to adjust now as a result. So if I have, I have client calls with my clients on the West Coast of the U.S., that's a nine hour difference when I'm in Europe. So I have to readjust and reschedule myself and I have to, re you know, think about how I'll work with my partners here and doing that as well. But just a good amount of planning, (laughs) a lot of patience, a lot of um, kind of, you know, I hate to say a lot of times entrepreneurs, we learn the hard way, but (laughs) <laughs> in my case, learning things the hard way. well, it's so valuable true. lessons, yeah,
0: yeah we we definitely go to the school of hard knocks, you know, get yeah. get the education ahead and then and then go through it uh, in real life and in the trenches. Yeah. Well, you know, what's been your experience with working with people remote? Have you had mm-hmm. great experience with it so far, or have you had some challenges that you've gone through. Or what what if there is a listener out there that hasn't yet quite moved towards that end and they mm-hmm. still have a full on-site staff? How would what would you suggest to them in starting that transition?
1: I think yeah, there's pros and cons. Obviously, the, the pros are that you have a much larger and more diverse talent pool to choose from. Um, and that's always good. Everybody wins, right? You hire people that you know, you don't, you wouldn't have ever encountered before you become, you know, and I found in fact, freelancers know each other, they're in kind of a, a circuit, if they don't know how to do something, they've worked with someone in the past, either kind of, at an agency or or otherwise, and they can refer you to other people. So that kind of network is fantastic. I think that there's real value to that. You can hire people on a project to project basis. You can hire the same people over and over again, and you get to work together and you understand each other, just like in a a typical office. Um, But, you know, the other side of that is that you're, it's it's twice the amount of management. It's, there's, there's a communication management. There's a time, obviously, time zone issue, which can also work in your favor sometimes right. if you're, you know, <laughs> depending on where you're located. Um, but the, you just have to make sure you bake in enough time to do the kind of administrative side of managing a diverse team or a, a scattered team, a decentralized team.
0: Well, I've noticed that uh, that it also ups the level of your of- yeah your team's ability because you're not just choosing from a single location but with uh with the world open to you you can really utilize the skills of some of the best in Mm -hmm. in the world which is really weird to say but it's (laughs) but it's absolutely true i saw it first with my children and doing homeschooling they have Mm -hmm. you know homeschooling i hope the image is starting to change but we don't teach our children we have an online school that they go to, and their mm-hmm. teachers are all over the world. And that's amazing. That's great because that means the teachers, the best for the yeah. thing that they're doing, which is really cool. I mean, that's yeah. like a, a really neat uh, situation, and I think that's kind of the same in in this particular instance that we get yes. some of the best, which also speaks a lot to what you're creating and what you're doing and how you're mm-hmm. delivering it to your clients. Yeah. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the design and marketing connection. My mm-hmm. my oldest daughter is in school right now in college for interior design. And ah, great. she oh, good and for she her. loves it. Right. And I yeah. see in the background, but in the background, she'll come and talk to me about marketing. And I actually never put the two together, mm-hmm. but I, you know, in meeting you and talking with you, I'm like, oh my gosh. Maybe there's something there for her that she hasn't seen yet. So I'd like to speak a little bit about that and what the connection you found with design and marketing and how you've integrated them together. Of course.
1: First, I'll say I went to school Maybe schools are different now. I'm not really sure how how universities are. I'm sure things have changed. I graduated in the early 2000s from graduate school, and at that time we had professional practice courses. We were learning how to write like a resume. There was no other real trajectory. You either became an architect or you became an interior designer. Right. Um, you know, and unfortunately that that's. I, I really feel now having graduated and and sort of seeing my peers and my fellow colleagues, how their careers have t- taken different paths, you know, that there are so many things you can do when you, you know, come into the world of interior design. You don't just have to follow the path of practice. There's many other ways you can apply those skills. Um, we also didn't do a lot of, I mean, we, I was personally very interested because of my fine art background but there wasn't a lot of teaching around communication on um, visual communication we were drawing and sketching at the time it was we were right at that kind of place before you know when digital technology sort of took over so we were learning to you know write and make presentations that were still kind of very well I don't know um Handmade is <laughs> right. the best way to say it. Analog, right. I guess. Um, and so not every, and then certainly just after that, everything became digital. Um, right. So I feel like you know the, the idea of communicating and expressing a story um, about your work, and this is one of the things that led me into marketing was something I pursued on my own. It wasn't necessarily something that was taught. What I learned over through my own practice, through you know working for many years and and seeing this come true, is it doesn't matter how good your design is, and this is for any you know, graphic design, fashion design. Um, really anything, artists even, it doesn't matter how good it is. If no one understands it, or no one understands the value of it, and that value isn't necessarily always in the beauty. The value is in, you know, the quality of the experience, or perhaps there's an environmental component, or there's, you know, there's many factors that will make a successful project. If you can express and communicate those things really quickly and really clearly uh, to your client which could be your boss or your co- your colleagues, your teammates, your, you know, whoever is giving you the job or the, or the, you know, the job in a sense, then you, it doesn't matter. You know, your design will never get built. So one of the things as marketing, as a marketer for interior designers, is that's kind of where I start. As I say, you know, what are the key values that you bring? What are the benefits that you're offering to your clients more than just, you know, a beautiful, object, a beautiful piece of furniture, beautiful textile, um, whatever it is they're making, or if it's a space or a building, um, what is the value of that thing to your client? It, it means something more than just a, a space. It's more than shelter. Um, and you have to be able to express that. You have to be able to tell that story in a way that is emotional and relevant. And that's where the marketing piece comes in, the communication piece. And once you understand that story, it's really tied also to your strategy as a brand. Once you've been able to articulate that, then you can use marketing to get it out there. And there's that's marketing. It's a whole nother conversation. It's, you know, where's your audience? What channel do you need to invest in? And, how, you know, what's the, the strategy for that? So, but the first place I start with any client in, and the reason people come to me is I specialize specifically in storytelling, strategic storytelling for, um, for the, I say the home industry, but for the, you know, interior designers, architects, and the built environment.
0: Well, the concept of telling a story is so integral in the in the marketing world, and and I love Mm -hmm. that element of it. How do you go about digging out that story for these interior designers? You know, it's challenging with most businesses that I've come across to dig out a story anyway. But for these uh, creatives and these people that Mm -hmm. have this incredible uh, design ability in their minds, How do you go about getting their story out?
1: Yeah. Well, I have a process that I will certainly work for any (laughs) – it works for any business because it's brand strategy specifically. My principle is that brand strategy is what gives – birth to brand storytelling. If you don't have, you can't have one without the other. And if you haven't, you know, if you're trying to create a story and you don't clearly understand your strategy, um, you're going to continue to, you know, struggle and throw spaghetti at the wall and kind of do what other people are doing and hope it, hoping it works for you. So it, it works for interior designers and the home industry because that's where I work, but this particular strategy will work for any, any, any industry. Um, I, (laughs) I branded it myself. Um, (laughs) I call it the three E storytelling framework, Um, just to make it simple to remember me, Erica, um, but three E's, um, the three E's are first, you have to define what makes you extraordinary, what it is that makes you truly different than your competitor, truly different than anybody Else on the whole planet who can offer this particular thing? And when I say you, I mean if you are you know a manufacturer or a brand, it's a, you know whatever that is, or if you're a solo designer, or if you're you know in practice, or um, you have to define what it is that you bring to it, to the work that you do that makes you completely different. So that's the first one, extraordinary. Um, the second thing is emotion, and this is a complex one to unpack. Um, emotion, obviously is what drives human behavior it's what drives uh, it's the psychological drive before we make any kind of purchase Um, we have different emotions when we purchase something with a really sort of short period of consideration like toothpaste Right. (laughs) We have a we have a bit of a longer one when we get to more expensive or more, you know, takes a lot longer to purchase a car to make that purchase decision for a luxury watch or, um, you know, a home uh, or to hire an interior designer or to build a home. Right. So much more expensive and more emotional journey that you have to take someone on to be able to understand what their motivation is. But you need you need to in order to create the storytelling strategy that will pr- genuinely and persuasively communicate to them your, you know, thing that makes you extraordinary. Um, so understanding what that core emotion is of your ideal or your target or your, you know, your audience is super, super, super important. Um, and the third and final thing is a little bit more complex as well. It's experience. Um, so how can you consider each of these things? What makes you extraordinary? What those like core emotions are across every single touch point of your brand? journey, let's say. How does your brand promise play out at each step? And that, you know, since you're familiar with marketing, you know about the marketing funnel or the flywheel. You know that there's a a different decision phase as, as, as we go. And you have control over that as, as a brand. And you, you need to have your story infused into each of that, each piece of that. So from, like I said, the journey of understanding or being aware, this is like the marketing funnel. I'm kind of showing a diagram. <laughs> but if you, at the top of the funnel, you have this sort of awareness phase. How does your story play out in the awareness phase? How in that sort of once they become aware of you in this consideration phase, how does your story play play out there once they've made a decision how does it play out there and then finally you know what happens after they purchase from you or have your services or live in their home or have their sofa or you know their sweater or whatever it is um, from you for so long a lot of brands forget about this this part you know they they don't live up They don't have a warranty. They don't live up to any kind of customer support after service care anything like that. But that is deeply important to your brand as well, because what that does is it reminds people that the emotion to either call you again when they want to, maybe they want a second home, they want to refer you to someone else, um, And they they want to be. You want them telling the story um, about that emotional experience with you. How did how did you make them feel? How did your products make them feel? How did your services leave them feeling? And that's what brand is, right? Brand is the feeling you have for something. It sort of comes with a series of narratives you've been told over and over again. Um, And I can give many examples of this, but I will say that if you look around you now, um, you know, the chair you're sitting in, the microphone you're speaking in, the sweater you're wearing, uh, the car you got to your office in or to your home office in um, even the toothpaste you have every single brand that you made a decision to purchase was based on a story you were telling yourself when you purchased it. And that narrative, that storytelling, that marketing um, was carefully, carefully controlled and done in a way that you found to be emotionally relevant. Um, and you chose that thing because of its extraordinary something. So that's kind of, what i get people started to think about and this is a a shift from a business mindset to a brand mindset and once once people get that once people make that transition then that storytelling piece how they create content and talk about themselves and train their employees and and yada 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 it, it gets infused throughout their entire business and everything changes and in fact most excitingly, <laughs> revenue changes. So right. that's that's where I start. Um, that's kind of my process. Um, like I said, I, I become very specific about this for my industry, but it's a process that nearly any business should follow right. and can follow.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's so imperative to stick to solid so, principles like you're yes like you we were talking about. And I love your framework. I hope that everybody listening pauses and takes some notes because that's those are gems right there. And you can hey. you can glean so much out of that. So guys, go back, re-listen to that, <laughs> write down your notes because remember, if you write it down, you remember it. Oh, if I love you that. don't, it just kind of goes, oh, that's a good idea. And then mm-hmm. off it goes. <laughs> so make sure you write it down. So tell us, how if we wanted to work with you? If any yeah. of our listeners wanted to get in and and kind of explore some more and and doing some more with you, what would that look like? And what would they do? And how would they get to you?
1: Sure. Um, well, obviously, you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sarit creative, Saurit Creative. S A U R I T Creative, all one word, no punctuation, just Sarit Creative. Um, you can go to my website, Um And I do, I, I, I'm doing three different ways of working with, um, with clients this year. Um, I'm starting to offer uh, what I call Brand Camp, which is kind of a, a micro version of a larger service that I do um, with my partners, called a brand roadmap. That's a three-month engagement. It's where we kind of get deeply into the strategy and the storytelling for um, for a business, and and really work either with your internal team, um, with you as a as a founder, um, to understand those again that those three E's and craft full strategy. And we do you know your web design, we do email campaigns, all the social storytelling. We sort of help implement that as well. But the, like I said, the, the micro version of that is what I'm calling brand camp (laughs) and brand camp is a uh, three hour workshop, which drills into the three E's (laughs) for your business. But we get to, in that workshop, we get to kind of creating a tagline for your brand, a, a story, um, a short story narrative that you can begin to weave content around. And then I offer, of course, hourly consulting. Um, I work with a lot of businesses on a monthly or quarterly basis where I kind of bring extra eyes to the strategy they're trying to implement or they want to kind of move forward with. If they're looking at hiring an external agency partner, I can be a sort of interim creative director for in between their brand and their agency to kind of guide them on the right storytelling techniques and the right strategy. Um, And yeah, I, if you are interested in any of those things, I would encourage you to get in contact and I'll I'll send that in the show notes, my email directly, but a link where you can book um, a free discovery call and we'll chat about anything you're interested in. Um,
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to definitely put all that stuff into cool. the description and the notes so that it's easy for everybody to find. Let me ask this before we let you go. Yeah. Do they have to be in the interior design space or can any business get in touch with you and work with you?
1: <laughs> any business can get in touch for sure. Awesome. Um, creative businesses, again, as I specialize, but design businesses specifically. Sure.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. Gosh, we could sit here and jam about marketing and branding and design for hours. (laughs) Uh, So we'll have to do it again sometime. But I I am so privileged and honored to have you on the show today. I'm so so happy
1: to be here, Michael. And I really love your show. And thank you for having me on. I'm excited for all all to come for you and the, the audience as well. Wishing everyone good luck.
0: Thank you so much. We will see you guys next time. Make sure to tune in for the next episode and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography?
1: Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more.
0: And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember,
1: every business needs choreography.